Welcome to Hard Truth. It is nice to have you back. It's been a very long time. This is totally impromptu. I did not realize I would have time to record. So I just uh, pulled in Jenner last minute. It is about 11 p.m. my time or close to it. I'm not sure what his time is. And we just decided to record some very impromptu hard truths with each other to catch up with uh, not only each other, but you guys at the same time. So welcome. Thank you for everyone who is listening. Let's get into it. I love it. I am so excited for her truth to be back. I've been pushing for a while, but I know, you know, pandemic has been fucking crazy. Obviously, you and I both resonated on that, which was <clears throat> why when I, I was first kind of sketching out in my mind the kind of show that I wanted, I was going to call it like the Apocalypse Diaries, you know, which is basically always that impromptu, like, where are we at in hell today? And how can we just share and make a story out of that as opposed to like planning episodes and getting guests and things? Um, the guests are always great, but I love the impromptu thing. It's it's the real time. It's the mind wave. It, it's And it's the hard truth. And there, are, there have been a lot of hard truths that a lot of people have had to swallow kind of forcefully for the past few years. So it's I think it's wonderful that we're sitting back down again over drinks and just catching up and talking about the reality of, of life. Because that's that's what this is about yeah and i mean i believe i've spoke on this a couple of times on the show it's hard for uh for me to do sort of impromptu talks through the course of this because you know in comparison to what other people are going through my life is easy um it's easy to look at what i'm going through and say huh she has it better than i do and i'm fully aware of that and so when it comes down to just talking about the stresses and the obstacles that i'm going through in life i have a hard time sitting down and just talking about it because i just always remind myself as i have in life i've gone through a lot worse than i'm in right now and other people are going through a lot worse than I am right now. And why would anyone ever want to hear from me in this situation? And I think it's kept me from talking a lot. I've missed many, many months. I believe the last time you and I chatted or I even had an episode was um, in January. It was Dude, New Year's yeah, it Day. was it was it was our crazy New Year's. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was New Year's Day specifically, oh. New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, and that's how long it's fucking been. It's it's October now, ten months. Yeah. Um, I've just gone silent, and um, it's something I struggle with, and I've realized that that's something that maybe other people would like to hear about is is that that moment when you're aware of other people. Um, and you're thinking, I definitely have it better than other people, even though I'm struggling. And it's keeping you from talking about your struggles. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not going through it, you know? Um, it's, it's one of those moments I've had to reach on my own, of my own accord on my own time. But I've realized that, yes, I may have it easier than some, 
but I'm, I still have my own struggles. Just because I have this life that might be something other people want doesn't mean that I'm not going through my own struggles that's worth talking about. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that I deal with every day. Like, no one wants to hear from me. I have it better than them. But there's people who have it better than me, for sure, by a long shot. So I have to stop blocking my voice and shutting down just from that idea because literally no matter where you're at in life you could probably say someone has it worse than you and anybody could shut down as a result of that oh man did you just hit the nail on the head because okay but what's Let's talk about that struggle thing and, and, and suffering. Okay, we'll just frame the whole thing as suffering to one degree or another. Um, a lot of kind of political ideologies would tend to put that into almost kind of like a competition. You know, the far, 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 far left does this a lot where they want to have the oppression Olympics and who's suffering more than somebody else and who's suffering less and what does, it, what does privilege mean? You know, what does it mean to be privileged? Because I have that same kind of thing ringing in my ear in the back of my head too. Like who the fuck wants to hear from another cisgender white male podcaster douchebag? Nobody. And if I had listened to that voice, that that thing that says like, you know, like my my suffering doesn't measure up to somebody else's suffering. It's not a fucking competition. Suffering is a, a part, a universal part of the human experience. And we all suffer to one degree or another. This is like one of those universal lessons. One of the things that fucking Jesus and the Buddha and everybody else it's like no this is this is a part of life and no one of us is above or below or should be measured against each other this is if there's a measurement to be had it's in the afterlife it's after we're gone it's when people look at the impact that we had while we were here and who we were as human beings i am am kind of crazy in this regard because i feel almost cosmic responsibility um, to just record as much of this shit for like the historical archives of the future in a thousand years okay they're going to be looking back digging through the digital rubble doing archaeology in a thousand years but how much of our shit is digital now and recorded it used to just be words in a book or, or carvings in a rock you know or, or fossils from forever ago. And we only have these little bits. Like I think about the kids now, like their whole lives will be chronicled on social media or somewhere in the data sphere to where uh, the kids who were born after 9-11, for example, like they will be able to go and see themselves as babies and two and three and four and five and six year olds. And they'll be able to like, Kids our age, I'm calling this kids still, we only have like maybe photo albums of a few precious moments that were captured on like crappy wind-up cameras and stuff. That's how we recorded memories when you and I were growing up. And this this gets to the whole computer thing because we are both very computery 
nerds there, and I am definitely stoned. But this is the whole <laughs> po- this is the whole point of recording it. It's like no, record the real thing. It, this is not about making a show and making it monetizable and selling that, selling the idea to somebody that they should listen to this. It's just about resonating with no, humanity. It- if you're here and you're listening to us, then it's definitely not for any monetized reason. You've made your way here because you are looking for something that hits you in a way that that monetized shit does not. Um, it and no, has for- to be fake. The monetized shit has to be fake by its very nature. And that is present. This is real, guys. This is like real time human shit happening. This is not a show. And that there is a tremendous amount of value just in that. That you and I both, we have not sold our souls on this shit. And we never will. Because it's like, let's just be real. Okay. Yeah, um, for sure. So, uh, I mean, there's so much to touch on there with the, the monetized thing. Like, you. You and I grew up in the age where there was a transition phase. So we were going from, you know, what you were hearing was radio. It was scheduled. It was on a certain, um, you know, a point. It wasn't a you could record it and listen to it later. Even the TV, like, it was scheduled out. It might have been recorded because it was actors and actresses that were doing their thing. And um, it was scheduled to come on at a certain time, but there was this transition phase where we didn't have internet. And then suddenly we did. And it was very slow, it was dial-up. You had to wait, you had this uh, period of waiting time before you could connect to other people. And then there was maybe even a 50-50 chance, I'm not even sure if it was that equal, that you would connect with people who were like-minded. it was it was difficult to navigate there was it was the early ages of the internet so to speak so to get something as raw and as real as what we're trying to give you is is rare these days where it was very um realistic and reachable at that point for us and so we're trying to give you that at, at this point and at a point where you've gone through COVID 19 um, everyone transitioned to online. Everyone realized the value of podcasts. Everyone wanted to jump into it. I mean, even like the late night shows were jumping into podcasts. Um, the actors that were wanting to revisit their screenplays of movies that were the most uh, famous in their career, they were jumping to podcasts. They were jumping to YouTube. And um, those of us that have been around for a little bit were we're a little, you know, like, oh, now's our time. But it wasn't really. It was it was not really our time. It was the time for people to find podcasts. But are you really looking for something that's raw, something that's real? And uh, that's where you come in. If you're listening to us, that's you. You were looking for something raw. You were looking for something real. And you found us. And so you found something that is... Um, very organic. Uh, the two of us come together almost exclusively when uh, chances align, when when the universe aligns, when stars align. I know that sounds very cliche, but for Jenner and I, 
that's really how it's been. It's been a chance. We met each other by chance, by a series of events that brought us together. And then we made this series of podcasts that was amazing and it was great. And then COVID-19 uh, really came in between us. We, we split apart through life events. We come back together periodically and here we are. 10 months, uh, 10 months apart between literally New Year's Day was our last one. And here we are, October 1st of the same year. We're back together. Chances have aligned. And if you're here, thank you for finding us. Thank you for um, being in that same mind frame where you're, we're searching for that thing that's not monetized, that's not commercialized, that's not... Um, to the point where you know exactly what you're getting. Um, you have no idea what you're getting with us. And if you're here and you're still listening, we love you. We thank you for that. And um, just a uh, preparation phase. I have no idea what you're about to hear. <laughs> it's, it's, it's special. And it's, it, it's really special, in fact. And one of the things that I hope that you do is pay attention to where in the world people are listening um and that and like who they might be and kids growing up today i mean shit there might be like eight-year-olds listening to my horrible jokes on mindwave that are horrible on purpose for entertainment value because think about it this is very entertaining and we don't play by the rules I had to come back to Facebook uh, for business purposes to be able to post promotional stuff and get you. And I don't want any personal presence on Facebook. I don't want the studio to have any presence on social media at all. We have a website. Come there. <clears throat> but I've had to go back, and uh, I occasionally still get stuck doom scrolling, particularly in the videos, because there there's occasionally really entertaining shit in there. But one of the things that I'm noticing is that look at every monetized creator out there. Every single YouTuber. They have to fucking tiptoe through minefields um, to be able to do that business model. They are... The Facebook algorithms are so insane now that, like, creators literally have to censor words like wine in a cooking show and uh, they have to cut that out or they can't say champagne uh, I, I watched one today that was like they, they had to censor the word sugar um, because it was like sugar daddy sugar mama you know that, that <laughs> whole context and so they had to bleep the word sugar and I'm like wine <laughs> Sugar? You can't say wine in a cooking show? What the fuck is wrong with these new media standards? And everybody out there, they fucking have to tiptoe so much because any second they could get demonetized and lose their whole thing. And you really nailed down like uh, how our model is different. We want to bring as many of these people together as possible. We want you to call into the show and uh, on a Jamie level, pull up, pull up the hard truth voicemail line because we want people to call in too. And I think for, for hard truth and how hard truth evolves in, into the future here, 
I really think that it should be the um, it should be a live stream show where we can read people's comments in real time something like that where we I don't know maybe utilize discord and you can be on camera too because I hate being on camera <laughs> um uh, that that is not that that's not my gig um I don't want to just uh, to be pretty because every, everybody's pretty but you're all wow. you're very pretty and you can monetize on that in, in, a, <laughs> in, in the non-sexist way possible like you you could be uh, tremendously uh, well successful I mean, there if we you'll get people to call I can't get people to call I've been begging people to call my show for years nobody has well, called since andrew yang dropped out hey nobody called when i started the lineup either i had like a couple people call in as a as a fucking gag if i'm gonna be honest like i had people so i had a guest for anyone who's just joining us i had a guest named um Bar barrington martin the second or the third i'm sorry barrington if you're listening i doubt that you are but second or the third and um, I had him on a couple of times, and he was a very prominent political figure because he was running against somebody who was historical um, in name and the things that he had done. And so because I had that person on multiple times and had interacted with that person on social media in, in a variety of ways, when I first released my phone number for people to call in, the very first call and voicemail that I got was almost a gag in relation to Barrington Martin as my guest. And while I completely love the interaction that I got and it was hilarious for me and Barrington, I'm not sure it was hilarious for anyone else to listen to that. I got absolutely um, no other phone calls. I got uh, one other person who called in who was also an editor of my podcast and I let them have their, uh, their, their voicemail time anonymously, but I got no one else to call in. And so um, it became one of those things of, uh, should I leave this voicemail open? Is anyone going to call in? I would love that raw sort of footage i would love for you to record a message that is your kids what is it like to deal with uh with kids in COVID 19 what is it like to be a single parent with kids what is it like to be um you know even if you are still married or not even married but still with your partner with children um, during COVID-19, coming out of COVID-19, because I am having that experience. I'm coming out of COVID-19, wanting my children to have a social experience, trying to get them back into school and normal life when things technically aren't that fucking normal these days. I want to hear from you. I want to hear about it. If you don't even have kids and you're an introvert and you are stuck inside and you're totally fucking fine with being inside and you're fine with the restrictions you've had with COVID-19, I want to hear about it. On the other side of it, if you're an extrovert and you are completely fucking hating being stuck in your house and not being able to go anywhere and the only interaction you have with other people is virtual, I want to hear about it, but I got nothing. And so because I got nothing, I had nothing to kind of work off of. And I had my own stresses and my own life experiences that I was working with. And I completely shut down. And like I said at the beginning, I was like, you know, 
I have it better than other people. Uh, why would anyone want to hear from me? I just didn't want to talk anymore. I didn't feel like I had the motivation. I didn't feel like anyone wanted to be there. And Jenner <laughs> from Mindwave, who you're hearing from right now, is the only person that was the voice of reason that said, no, you had an impact. You were starting to um, get people to listen to you. You need to come back. You need to talk about it. And... Um, Look at this. The last time I talked to him was January 1st. It is now October 1st. It took him this long to convince me I am obviously going through my own shit. I'm going through my own struggles. And the thing is, I am only in hard truth. Not for monetary value. Not for ad value. I am here for anyone who is listening. For anyone who might feel comfortable enough to tell me their story who might hear my story and relate in any sort of way and want to talk to me about it. I'm here for you. And he's been the only voice that's brought me back from the edge. Um, in fact, this week alone, today specifically, I'm not going to go into detail right now, but today I had a full-blown meltdown, panic attack. I mean, not even able to speak doing the whole like um you know <laughs> like that whole breathing shit i had that happen today in front of another person um today and the moment i had a chance to breathe a chance of silence i thought it's time for me to reach out to jenner it's time for me to talk it's time for me to come back because if I'm having this moment when things are supposed to be uh, calming down, when COVID-19 is supposed to be back, when, you know, presidential speeches tell you we've got it under control. If I'm having a fucking panic attack and I've got it better and I think I've got it better than other people and I'm having a panic attack today, there are people who are going through worse yeah. and it's time for me to talk. It's time for us all to talk. We have that power now. We didn't have that power not even fucking 10, 20 years ago. We're not talking about 100 years ago. We didn't have that fucking power. You'd have to remember what it used to be like to try to call into a radio station <laughs> yeah. and try to get on the air for a couple minutes. Like, people can be a part of this in a very real way. If we get the right people convince the right people uh, to pick up the phone and dial it and I think having that security of it goes straight to voicemail um, it's never going to ring you don't have to worry about that and you have a certain amount of time on the voicemail you can call 24-365 anytime and it'll just show up in your email as a as a new call Google Voice I love the Google Voice uh, model for this because it gives them that security. It's not gonna it's not gonna ring when I actually call, so I don't have to. People who are panicky or self conscious or the kind the kinds of people who would go like, oh, I would never call into a show. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. No, we want everybody to do that, and we have captured um, some very cool, very real uh, ones. And and hard truth, dude, <clears throat> impacted. 
impacted me. I, I was like literally uh, almost starting to cry when you're describing this whole experience and how long it's been. And it's it's it feels it it, it now now is the time, and we're just now getting back into Shocktober. And hard truth, I believe, started in in the fall and like the, <laughs> the around autumnal, election year, yes, around the autumnal equinox, if you will. This was like our weird way of coming together. And if fucking episode one, you're interviewing your toddlers about this shit. And it is one of those are some of the most powerful recordings in human history <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and, and then we took that into fucking only through fire. And and trust me, Raven and Caleb are going to be earning like millions of dollars in fucking royalties on that shit by the time they hit college. Because and for those of you who are not aware, dude. only only through fire is a audio only. Um, what would you call it? Um, it is theater, virtual theater. Um, I, call it, I call it imagination theater. Now, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we, the theater had a whole breakdown, meltdown. You know, almost none of the original cast survives from the 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 original. You know idea or model for that i used to call it virtual community theater to where like yeah anybody can show up and all that and then it we started becoming like a real theater and it's like well no kind of not anybody can just kind of half-ass show it like we need to have auditions we need to have standards and you know we need to sell tickets frankly and we need people to earn royalties uh, for and... their participation and this is the model that we need to pursue however yes. So that's made my standards go through the fucking roof. And in terms of who I'm willing to work with and who I'm willing to produce, I used to actively produce up to like a dozen shows at a time to try and help other people make their shows. And that damn near fucking killed me. And one by one, you know, they've, they've either gone in their own way or they've taken what I've, you know, in a Padawan kind of way, they've taken what I've taught them about this process and then just rocked that to the fucking cosmic tits uh like chris at interstellar frequency interstellar frequency is a beautiful fucking show uh with chris if you haven't heard that yet he he's he's the one dude on the planet who who's doing anything remotely close to what i'm doing on on the production level and the scoring and the feeling and the music and bringing everything and the voices and it's like Jesus Ed he's rocking it over there and hard truth is, has been like the missing piece <laughs> it's always it's always been there but it needed time to breathe and wait look we could have had a baby by now <laughs> ten, 10 months and we could literally have a baby by now what what the fuck, what the fuck for, you know? for anybody who was listening to the new year's episode that's actually relevant <laughs> yeah um, yeah i was i, I was totally bit. like yeah i'd put a baby in you yeah we could have one by now we could have one by now later <laughs> yeah and you know uh, with the state of the USA, I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it by now. Um, oh. For those of you <gasps> coming, you know, who are just coming in, Calum is my son and Raven is my daughter. And if you listen to the older episodes of Hard Truth, the little children that you hear at the beginning or the end of the episodes are those two. 
Um, I haven't had a chance to record them. They've been going through their own things. Um, you know, their their coming of school age happened during COVID-19. And so the choices that I made as far as their education was a little bit different because of COVID being, um, you know, being in the world. And this year is the first year that they've had a real school experience where they've been able to go in person and be around other people and have social experiences. And so the recordings that you hear in the beginning are either before they were old enough to go into school or they were starting school virtually um, because of COVID-19. So if you listen, if you backtrack a little bit and you listen and you hear these children's voices, it's them. And I do hope that I can get more recordings of them just for this episode alone, if nothing else, um, to revisit some of the questions that I asked them about at that time and kind of see what their opinions are now that they're older and now that they've had uh, more social experiences and see what their answers are at this point. I think it's begging for it, frankly, like this opportunity, like it's begging for this. What do you think of school? Because their answers are amazing. It, Raven and Caleb's answers to the, why do we stay inside? Why do we wash our hands? Questions are fucking amazing and enlightening and beautiful and just to be able to see <laughs> you know like interview your goddamn toddlers <laughs> listener if you love this show interview your own toddlers and a ask them questions like why why is the sky blue ask them and see their little tiny brains working and and trying to how they imagine the answer to that question i think that's the coolest fucking thing that you can do as a parent is just bust out your phone bust out the voice recorder and uh it, you know ask your kid an interesting question uh and see how they explain it see how they see the world and, and most that's certainly core. Dude, do that's that so most certainly do that on the call in line if we still have that live call that hard truth number and ask them that question live on my voicemail because i will go through that and i will gladly play it because i don't want my children to be the only point of view that's on this podcast i would love to have other children's point of view on here i want to hear it i want to know what they're going through because what my kids went through honestly going back to what i said at the beginning i'm lucky I have it easier than other people. I may be going through shit, but I have it easier. And thus, because I do, so do my kids. I want to hear about people who might have it different than they do, um, have it different than I do. I want to hear their opinion. What do they think? And there's very, there's a lot of different ages to the people who, uh, the children who have gone through this COVID-19 experience. And so mine were very young. My son was just starting kindergarten. Literally the year the COVID hit, he was supposed to start kindergarten. My daughter was not even old enough. She started pre-K the year after COVID hit. And so because of their age, their experience might be entirely different than your children's. And I want to hear that. I want to put them on here. I want other parents to hear that point of view please call in and ask them those questions. Whatever you want. It may not even be relevant 
to the episodes that we've had, but it might be something that will spark a conversation on this uh, this show that is worth having. And um, I want that. I want you to call in. No one with children actually took advantage of that call-in line, and that was actually the whole point. <laughs> mm. Well, see, this is... This whole process, the past few years of like building different shows and using that as a learning, like it, it, there is a crazy evolution happening here in, in, in the core of what Studio Stargazer actually does uh, and who we are and why we're doing this shit in the first place. That's getting more solidified. Um, it's becoming a ground that like we can all fucking stand on and go, okay, now what do we do? What do I build here? Um, and it's a totally different way of thinking about the content creation process than what is quote unquote popular and really successful. Um, yeah, I it's a fuck. There were a couple moments that historical milestones that we recently passed uh, that kind of hit me almost as hard as 9-11. <laughs> the first one was uh, on 9-11 this year. I was at the bar and I was like, oh damn. Uh, Realizing kids... the people who were born <laughs> after are old enough to drink? Or the, close to the kids who were born on 9-11 <laughs> are old enough to drink alcohol today in america this is the this is the day in time the kids who were born that day uh are just getting the right to drink and you know that i was like that blew my mind and i was like oh damn <laughs> going, going into that a little bit further okay so i had a recent experience so we're, we're gonna dive into the kids thing i have i have children mm. um going back into how lucky I am and my family is during this whole COVID thing. My daughter, so my son's older, my daughter is only five. And she's going through some stuff right now that she's fighting. And um, it, it's, it's not terminal, but it is one of those things where if she doesn't understand and make some right choices, it could be bad for her in the long run. And I'm trying to have that conversation with her and I'm trying to explain like this, this could kill you if you don't make different choices. And I'm trying to say, you know, you could die and she's not understanding. I mean, she's five. That, that makes sense for a lot of five-year-olds, but I had this moment of realization where I couldn't relate because by the time I was five, I knew what death was. Now, mind you, by the time I was five, 9-11 had not happened yet. It was just the course of events in my family. I had already seen multiple funerals. And so I had to explain to her the concept of death uh, to a five-year-old. You know, no more raven. You're, you're not around. No more raven. No more... You, you don't get to experience mommy and daddy and bubba anymore. Uh, we don't get to experience raven anymore. Raven's gone forever. Um, I'm trying to have this, this discussion with her to make her understand that what she's doing to herself could be detrimental and she has no concept 
of death. And um, I realized how lucky she was to make it to five years old and not know what death is. And um, it was this moment where as a parent, it was the first time as a parent that I, I couldn't relate. And I had this moment where I'm like, am I ex explaining this well? Am I explaining the concept of death in a way that she understands? And I honestly don't think that she will until she experiences it. And then I had this sort of follow-up experience without her around me where I'm like, we've made it through a pandemic and she doesn't know, she still doesn't know what death is and that's kind of a blessing. But at the time where it's like, I need you to understand what death is. I need you to understand that what you're doing could hurt you. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't relate. And it, it was this moment of, I need as a parent to communicate this with her. And at the same time, I was having a, God, we're so lucky that she still doesn't know. After everything that we've been through, the majority of her life has been a pandemic. And somehow she still doesn't know what the concept of death is. How fucking lucky are we at this point? It was, it, it adds to the whole, no one wants to hear from me because my children haven't seen anyone die from the pandemic yet. I'm going to say yet because it's, it's technically not over that COVID-19 could still sneak up and take anyone that's close to her. But it was one of those moments where it affected my ability to come back here and give you my voice and give the people who have, have been listening to me my voice because my daughter doesn't know anything about the concept of death. How am I supposed to sit here and talk to people who probably experienced that way more often than I have during this one stint of time where I already knew at five years old, not as a result of the pandemic, um, but just normal life things, what death was. Um, at my earliest memory, I already knew what it was. And my daughter in the middle of a pandemic doesn't know. How am I supposed to lose my voice? It's, uh, it's an interesting time. Dude, how do, how do they lend, how did, let's establish here for the listener. If you haven't heard only through fire, how did they contribute their voices to that story that we did as a as a witch burning medieval dark ages level lost colony horror story uh, where spoiler alert everybody dies and from from a plague or from a curse you know uh, or, or the evil, uh, the prior, the religious leader who leads them all down to damnation or whatever. However you want to think about that story. But Raven and Calum play a crucial role in that story because they're the ones skipping around singing Ring Around the Rosie. And then you gave me another handful of audio clips there that it was their idea because when you said okay mommy's recording uh sing let's sing ring around the Rosie," let's all sing it together that is a i mean it feels slightly evil creatively because that is some of the most haunting fucking shit 
<laughs> they are already fucking superstars on that, being the creepy kids in the horror store singing Ring Around the Rosie. But once you were like, okay, now we're recording, then they just wanted to record, right? And I believe it was Raven who wanted to do coughs. And then you gave all, all of this, like, coughing, like, together uh, audio. And that was their idea, as I recall, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, it was, and so they, okay. they had this. I didn't even under- ask for it, but I'm like, yeah. holy shit! Yeah, they had this understanding that COVID was a bad virus, and that uh. it makes you cough. And so, when I'm recording this, they they wanted to go into that, but I'm not sure they fully understood that this could kill you. Um, yeah, and the only reason that I say that is because, like, we just had. We we somehow avoided having COVID this entire time up until August of 2022, um, which is only a couple months ago uh, from when we're recording. For those of you listening, uh, my son got COVID. We tested positive. We saw that it was COVID. And when I told him we were waiting for the test, he's sitting beside me. You know, he's not feeling good. He's got this crazy high fever. But he's sitting there with us and we're watching this test. And when it says positive, I tear up because I know how serious this virus can be. But I'm trying to hide it. I don't want him to see it. And he asked me, do I have the bad virus? Is the word he the words he used. And I said, yes, you have the bad virus. And he immediately started crying. He said, am I going to die? And I said, I don't think you are, but we're we're going to keep a close eye on you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be here with you every step of the way. But he was just bawling. And I had to just hold him and tell him it was going to be okay and that everything was fine. Even though I didn't know. I, di- I didn't know. Like, we're years into this pandemic. I had no idea if they could actually save him if he got bad enough. I still didn't know. In 2022, I had no idea. And these experiences that he had, probably recording, um, you know, that that show that we did, and then seeing the stuff on TV, like, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't have cable. But we kept up with things through, you know, online videos that I could find. And, and he heard conversations between me and his father and the family and, and whatever. He knew what COVID-19 was. And so he just referred to it as the bad virus. And immediately he just started crying. It's like, do I have the bad virus? Am I going to die? Um, it was a really hard conversation to have with, a, at that point, he was seven years old. You know, a seven-year-old, like, I, I don't know, but I'm going to be here for you um, every step of the way. And the following week, I got the virus, and um, it took me down. It took me down. I'm, uh, for, for listeners just tuning in, I'm a single mother. I'm divorced. The father is still around. Um, I usually don't need him for much. I, I'm usually handling everything on my own. And for the first time I called him, I said, I need you to come and get these children because I literally can't think straight enough to take care of them. I, I could not, I was not aware of time passing. I didn't know how long it was. I was 
in this weird state of mind where everything was just a blur and they took the children and took care of them. Luckily, I had that ability for them to take them. But on the other, sa uh, other side of that coin, I had somebody to take the children and take care of them, but I was completely alone for that entire experience. I had nobody here for me. I had to try to find delivery services that could bring me Gatorade, that could bring me Tylenol, that could bring me, you know, whatever it was that I was dealing with, I was completely alone and I had to try and be functional enough to utilize my phone in a way to be able to order those things. And when I was finally functional enough for the children to come back home, the following week, my daughter got it, who was the youngest of all of us. And her fever was so bad that I was, you know, like we were doing the warm baths, we were doing the, the rags on her head every four hours when the medication would wear off because she was young enough to not have the good stuff. She was having the, the, the natural herbal medication. As soon as I had to set alarms, as soon as the four hours was up, literally I could watch her fever spike and I was putting her right back in the bath. I was terrified that I was putting her, it was time to put her in the hospital. We were, we were at that point. Um, and I had no choice to separate them. I didn't have the ability to put them in a room. We were in a, in a house that was just enough for us to afford. So it was, we're all together. We're in it together. We all have it. I was, um, I actually call it a blessing that we got it one week apart um, in terms of my work and my ability to bring in money. It was a curse because <laughs> I missed the majority of three weeks in a row, almost an entire month. Our income was detrimental, um, but we didn't all have it at the same time, which was the blessing part of it. And we all came out of it okay. Um, for the most part. My daughter has had some ongoing issues. We've been seeing a doctor. She's, um, she's had a couple of respiratory infections that are as a result of COVID, as per the doctors. Um, it's been, like I said, it was August when we had it. It's October 1st now. We both still have some symptoms. Um, me, my daughter, my son seems to be fine. So it's, uh, it's very interesting how that can affect um, other people. But again, another blessing of it all is that it took us, what, two years before we actually had this experience. We managed to avoid it through the course of being, I would say, maybe overly cautious with sanitizing. <laughs> um, it took us two years to get it. And it wasn't until right before, not even after, right before they started in-person schooling, um, we got it. it uh, I don't even know how we managed to, to make it that long, but it's, uh, it's still ongoing. I would say, Jenner, you correct me if I'm wrong. We, we met each other and we started this podcast right before COVID. And I mean months yeah. before COVID, like right? right there at that period in time and yeah it as andrew yang was like it was like oh maybe he can do it maybe humanity first does mean something uh we it was like right at that fucking moment and then i was like fuck it andrew yang's right 
power to say no freedom content creators unite you know i i had this whole like spiritual awakening moment of like fuck it fuck retirement fuck health and vision and dental and life insurance and uh fuck car insurance i didn't drive for like a year or two uh, just because I was like, fuck it, I'm not leaving the house. I'm doing DoorDash and <laughs> fucking Instacart and all that crap, which was very expensive, but I could only do it because it was on the, you know, pandemic relief shit. But I foolishly gave huge amounts of my own pandemic relief away to other content creators as a kind of, I don't know, it wasn't a fucking publicity stunt. It was, but it was like, yeah, if you're the kind of person who. <laughs> sees a story like that uh then you're like oh wait maybe this is like a big deal no i'm not fucking mr beast here all right <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the goal either that was the other the the other historical moment announcement that hit me like 9 11 the other day was that mr beast is now the the richest content creator on earth which does not surprise me <laughs> in the slightest oh and but hey, it, it, it was I, like significant right i got to um they weren't exactly on the ballot but i went to update my uh um, voter status in uh the state of oklahoma the other day and uh i was able to write in the forward party, which is something that Andrew Yang started after he dropped out of the uh, presidential election, so it was um, it was kind of a nice thing to be able to say, "Hey, I'm a member of the forward party." Um, I am hopeful that they'll be able to to do something with what they've started, but uh, in the state of Oklahoma, my hope is uh, pretty fucking low uh, these days. But yeah. You have to lend um, sort of a respect and a kudos to Andrew Yang for what he tried to do. He brought yes. people like myself and Jenner together. He sparks an interest in politics and people who never had it before. And Because um, it was real. <laughs> yeah, you can't just ignore someone who comes into the game out of fucking nowhere, seemingly and sparks this fire this political fire in people who never had it and i would include myself in that for anyone who's listening i had zero interest in having any interaction or involvement in politics before andrew yang and jenner and i met because of andrew yang because i was a volunteer for andrew yang's political um party not even party but his, his uh presidential campaign specifically um i i've heard so many stories and jenner probably has too i feel like i should probably bring on the opposite end of it jenner's probably had a lot of the um i volunteered i did this it sparked an interest it uh did you know it inspired me to do this or that but as of late i've heard some opposite stories uh because of andrew yang i had my life fall apart i <laughs> got rid of this or that and i went here or there and i got rid of all my money and i sold this or whatever and now my life is in shambles and i've heard the exact opposite story um and i i feel like they need their time too but yeah andrew yang's existence 
is a miracle. Um, whether good or bad, he he started something that I'm not sure mm-hmm. he's even aware of. That it has this wave that is um, is still going today. Ripples. Yeah. We can make we can make ripples. He made some fucking radical waves. And Andrew Yang did. Uh, a lot of people missed the point. They missed the mark. They just became kind of. I don't know. I want a thousand dollars a month. End of sentence. <laughs> and that was yeah. like the, the the depth of their involvement in like why the, you know. Uh, but it's like we all have that power now like every single human being on earth has that power if we just fucking have the courage to open our mouths and speak our minds <laughs> like that that's how that shit works <laughs> this is literally how religions are created uh which is one of these weird things to notice about this whole how Studio Stargazer is different in the kinds of content that we want to create, like how it's different. It 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 is basically f- f- fulfilling the same function as as a new religion for people, and that's a very uncomfortable re- realization to come from. But it's like it's it's the universe itself, it's life itself, it's that cosmological constant level thing which is like oh scientology and it's like well no 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 it's like a it's it's a new jesus yeah i guess i guess uh, fuck it that is the best answer yeah i guess it's a new religion uh, okay get on board well <laughs> you I know it's hard to take it seriously as somebody who's not very serious on a regular basis i had a similar conversation with um <laughs> multiple people not just one or two but like multiple people about the idea that Andrew Yang could be the Antichrist (laughs) and it was literally because he was bringing so many people from different um, backgrounds and beliefs into one sort of we're gonna go for this and you know it's they've had that They've had that conversation with a lot of people for a lot of times. You know, they've they brought it up. Oh, maybe Trump's the Antichrist. Maybe Obama's the Antichrist. We've heard it so many times. When you get a large following of people, it's, you know, especially in the USA, I'm not even sure if that's a thing in other countries, but like always they throw in, maybe this person's the Antichrist. The only person <laughs> that actually fits the mold so far, unfortunately, and sorry for any listeners who were a follower of them, because I have family who were also <laughs> a follower, but Trump's the only one that's fit it because they wear yeah. the mark on their forehead, which is the MAGA, the the hats. I'm, I'm not even going to, like, beat around the bush there, but, like, you literally have it on your forehead. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how else we can say this other than... You have it on your forehead. Um, my mother, uh-huh. I'm not even going to say, like, let's let's not even, I'm not even going to beat around it all, all that much. But my mother was an avid Trump supporter. Um, and I I didn't argue with her. I just I just let her have her beliefs. You know, whatever. Let, it, you know, at a certain point, it's you can't even argue anymore. But 
she did have a point where she was like ready to listen so i gave her links i gave her information i said hey go listen to andrew yang go listen to this person she changed her mind and then i started thinking okay maybe it's andrew yang <laughs> because we well, also have the hats we're also wearing the hats we have it on our forehead maybe yeah. it's him but then he didn't win he didn't get anywhere I'm like well it's probably not him um but it's it, all of us it's, it's all, of, all us. of us it's yes. not it's not any one man it's all of us if if you didn't learn that uh <laughs> in school yeah. or at church uh it's it's all of us um if you didn't learn that i mean yeah, find a new church <laughs> come back to the point like you yeah. know if you're here and you're listening right. to us we don't care what your political affiliation is we don't care what your religious um, opinion is. Um, I was raised Baptist. I also had some experience with just straight Christianity. Uh, my father was atheist. And then I chose to be agnostic. And then throughout the course of my career, I've worked very, very closely with Catholics and uh, specifically some sisters, some Catholic sisters. And of all the people I've been around, the, the people who embody religious goodness, in my opinion, the most has been the Sisters of Notre Dame. I've worked with them very closely. Um, but that doesn't mean that they have it right. That doesn't mean that anyone religious religion has it right or any mm. political affiliation has it right my opinion and i think that um i think that jenner can agree with me is that no matter your pol political affiliation your religious affiliation if what you're fighting for um benefits the people as a whole then you're in the right if you are fighting the people as a whole then you are in the wrong and it doesn't matter what religion fuels you or what uh, political party fuels you if you are going to hurt the most you are in the wrong if you are going to benefit the most you are in the right and that's kind of how my direction has fueled me if you are in the political running and what you are trying to fight for is going to to benefit society as a whole. And I'm not talking about a portion, but I'm saying what you're fighting for is going to, to benefit 80% or more, maybe even 75% or more. We are on your side. It is, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter what your political party is. If you are going to result, what you're fighting in is going to result in something that benefits people, the majority of people in our country, you're fighting for something that's worth fighting for. Um, and I'm, 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 kind of, I'm kind of tripping out right now. Yeah, because you you said that you felt this like it's time to come back thing, and I felt the exact same thing. And the last time that I wrote like new music and new stories and shit was for the Thanksgiving story, 
um, which is also very cute and things. And I went kind of like Celtic, Viking, uh, medieval, Renaissance feels for that um, to go along with a bigger table. And I was like, it's time to come back. So we've ju I've just kicked off Shocktober today. I've just announced that I'm kicking Shocktober back off. So we're going to do a really short um, horror story uh, for all the platforms. And we would love for as much... Uh, I would love for that to be like a collaborative process for like, you know, the handful of uh, studio hosts who are in here to be like, okay, let's come up with a really spooky story uh, that's like 10 minutes long or whatever, and then put it on all our shows because I would love to produce that this year for something small, small. But I'm going back to music and I got inspired for like the next music album is going to be Eye of Horus, as in Egyptian mythology, as in like the falcon, uh, big, big desert bird wings, taking this next album super, I had already decided, I've already sketched out like a dozen of the tracks for this new, this new album that I'm inspired to make this year for holidays uh it didn't have any kind of theatrical thing to go along with but now i'm thinking about doing another uh short piece because we want to do a bunch of kids stories okay uh we're building a, a library of children's stories and i want them all to be original uh we'll read from public domain for example like yeah it's, i did a uh, tale of peter rabbit as like story time for kids. Uh, I want like to have this whole new library of kids books, like and starting at uh, pre-K to K up through, you know, the ages. And then by the time we get to, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, then we're getting into like young adult fantasy and, and, and sci-fi and dark weird shit. Uh, but like creating a library of original content just created by content creators coming together and working together on a single project and making it like fucking amazing and going boom that's like the model I've, a, I've had a very hard time obviously like getting that uh, translated appropriately I guess but like we do have the pieces now that have like established okay this is the kind of thing that we want to do <laughs> are you ready for this next level thing and i'm thinking about it more like experiences and this could be a whole audiobook fucking library that's all original stuff that's just created by the original creators uh across the world and hearing from everybody including all those little stories um I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you just gave me the audio right there to play a character in that story, and you've never acted in one of my pieces before. Your toddlers did, but you've <laughs> never done that, and uh, oopsie poopsie, you just gave me the best audio uh, for this this Thanksgiving piece. Uh, it's going to be about birds. Uh, birds in the <laughs> desert. Birds in the desert and finding an oasis, and I would just die if you could get Raven and Caleb to uh, come up with what it, it draw with crayons, what your bird looks like in the desert at the Oasis. 
I'm going to write a very cute kid story and I want them to come back. And well, I'm going to use that audio that you just gave me. Well, I will say this. Um, Raven is fighting with all her might to act like she doesn't know anything. I don't know where this comes from, but she has just decided that she wants to act like she doesn't know anything. And she doesn't know how to read and she doesn't know how to write. Um, we're fighting that situation. That's a whole nother story. But Calum, on the other hand, is advanced when it comes to reading and English um, to the point where they actually were talking about skipping a grade for him. So give him whatever you want him to read. And uh, I will record him reading that word for the first time. It may be the first time he's ever tried to pronounce that word out loud and you will be surprised how accurate and close he will be to that word and it's it's amazing to watch and to hear him read these words for the first time it's beautiful i've actually had to um so for listeners just coming in this year is his second second grade um second grade is the first time he's ever actually done school in prison because of the fact that he started kindergarten midway through the first few months of COVID-19. So when everyone was trying to figure out how to do virtual learning, virtual school, we're all in lockdown. I chose a school that allowed virtual learning and that's all he's ever known. And um, through the course of that, one of the things I had to do I was it was homeschool yes so I had I was a lot of teaching going on from me um, but the curriculum and what we were following was curated by actual teachers and so I was following this curriculum that was given to me by actual teachers but I was having to record audio of him learning to read and then submitting it to the teachers for review and I cannot tell you how many times he was reading these books and he would pronounce these words he'd never seen and he would be pronouncing them correctly or almost perfectly the first time. He's, um, he's very much ahead of everyone else, which is honestly for my children not a surprise because I was the same way. I was in advanced English through... The majority of my school experience all through all throughout high school um but at the same time i was extremely behind in math i was dumb when it comes to math like super dumb um i, <laughs> I will completely admit i was just far behind when it comes to math but so ahead when it comes to english and he definitely got that skill from me it's beautiful to listen to so you give me whatever on paper in writing or or in text whatever you want to give me digitally i will record him reading it and we will use whatever you get you will get to hear him trying to pronounce these words he's never seen for the first time in this beautiful way it's it's amazing to hear. I will let you hear and okay. use whatever you get. Okay. Promise. So, so, all right. So, all right. I've I've gotten I've gotten the vision now, because for some reason I I knew this year my music is going far east. I'm getting like reed instruments and eastern 
uh, wind instruments. I'm gonna stop you to right there. A, a lot give of this you, shit. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one other tidbit of information. My daughter mm -hmm. may be fighting being being able to read academically. She's fighting everything. I am simultaneously hearing her match notes that she doesn't understand she's matching when listening to music. Humming. She's matching them perfectly. I've been trying to get her into method music. To you, method to your brain goes numb. Yes. Yes. It's stuck, it's stuck in my head. Listening. Thank you, Raven. I'll put it go, in the episode. Go on a hunt. If, if he doesn't put it in the episode, my daughter has been singing and making up songs, uh, and he's been mixing them into things. But she's matching notes perfectly. I I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I know that I can sing. I am aware that I can sing. But she's on another level. She's five fucking <laughs> years old. She doesn't even know what she's doing. And she will be humming along with these songs that I've been playing. And she is matching it perfectly and i want i want to hone that i want to give her everything oh, she needs we would see and this this is this is the thing uh you you need to convince her that like she's she's a new princess like elsa and she gets to create her own princess character and oh, i think she, in, it, in the first one i she, it's it's like bird princess she I, asked I think you me just, to braid her hair like elsa you're the raven the you're the raven princess okay in in this new story and it's going to be about a, a a bare empty tree in the middle of the desert uh and how the all the birds it's a family of birds and they're all different but they live together on this one tree and then they go and try to find water and things. is that and your then, thanksgiving story is that a part of it for yes real? yes no it, yes it, 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 we're creating it right now so it's desert birds uh i think i want to play I don't know, maybe like a silly ostrich or a roadrunner or some kind of like a little bird like that. But I would love uh, uh, Raven and Caleb. And I'm going to use probably, God, I see, I'm sketching it out in my mind now because it's a beautiful story. And then they all find the oasis in the end and they find the big tree and they all sit together and they eat together and it's bountiful and plentiful and everybody's friends. And it's amazing. The end. You know that that kind of like really touching, really short thing that's framed in a different way, like fucking Avatar or whatever. I just, I noticed that's back in theaters too, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> yes, and here's the thing: like that might actually work because she is aware that she is named after a very smart bird. We have told her a lot. That her name is Raven, and these ravens and crows, she she actually mm -hmm. um, considers them both in the same family for any veterinarians or people who are mm -hmm. animal people yeah. that are listening. Please chime in, comment, whatever you want to do, call in. I don't care. What's the difference between the two of them? Because um, weirdly enough, the reason I named her Raven is because I've had a lot of experiences in my life where I've seen multiple not ravens but crows um come and land and interact with me i'm not going to go into the individual stories but i have actual tattoos on my body of crows because of these interactions and then i got married to her father who wanted the name raven 
and I'd had a couple of small interactions with ravens and I knew that they were smart and I was like you know yeah I'll name my daughter raven and so I've explained to her and I've pointed out there's been actual times where I, I uh, for example I live in Oklahoma my entire family's from Tennessee I went back to Tennessee with her to visit in the year of 2022 actually so it was this year 2022 we're in my parents living room her grandparents and out of the window we see a raven single raven land in the middle of the grass in their backyard and just sit there and stand and I pointed out and I said raven look there is a raven in the backyard and she said oh my god is that the bird I'm named after and I said yes that's what you're named after and they sort of had a little interaction so she is um, uniquely aware of ravens and crows because of my love of crows and then her father's love of ravens she knows that they are they are smart birds and she is um, uniquely aware of them I've had continuing experiences with crows with her around and I pointed out every time I said hey look that's a crow there, there's crows right there. They're looking at us. They're walking towards us. They're doing this or that. She, if we tell her that she is singing for a bird part, or she is talking for a bird part, she will be all in. I she guarantee. Be, she needs to become the character and help us create the character, and it's hers forever. She, she gets, you know, this is, this is what I'm saying. And it's going to be put into this amazing thing, you know, and she created it. And so it, let's go to stage names again, because I, I love the whole Raven and Crow thing. So it, in the past, they've, they've, uh, I believe in the credits of Little Lady Fire, they said, uh, Raven and Caleb Miller. I think we should give them stage names. I think, uh, Caleb Crow. <laughs> he he could probably use that uh, throughout his career forever. That's a great name. <laughs> and uh, we need something. We need something for Raven, a stage name for for this piece because they're gonna play birds. She gets to be the Raven. He gets to be the Crow, and they get to create their own superhero. Um, and I think we should let them decide. Um, what their superpower is i think this is a really interesting experiment so you go so, raven okay you're the raven and calum you're the crow and you're you're a magical bird um you're you're the prince and the princess and you have superpowers you only get to have one and think about it for a long long time what superpower do you want uh and then I will get that archetype, and then I will write that story, and we can write the lines together and record that whenever. And that will be like the best Thanksgiving story ever, I think, about all these lonely birds on the desert tree finding the oasis. <laughs> so I guess that brings me to another question. Do you already yeah. have this Thanksgiving story written, or is this something that we will be kind of writing as we go? It's, it's something that was just created right now. Because oh, okay. I'd, 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 I've already decided where I wanted to go with the music um, for this year. For this year's like winter theme or whatever. It's going to be kind of like Easter, Far East. 
lots of reed and, and, and woods and crap and other interesting noises for and and probably a lot of animal sounds uh, as well okay but i'd already decided upon the music but i i didn't i wasn't even thinking about a theater piece for so this year here, here's the funny thing about my children being until involved like, with until um, like right now but that yeah come let, let's do that let's make it together <laughs> here's right. uh here's thing the other interesting part of my children being involved with the virtual theater or into the fire and the other thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I told you this, but their father, Raven's father specifically, I think, I think I've told the story of Calum on this podcast a few times. If you haven't heard it, maybe go back and listen, see if you can find it. But um, he, his dream raven's father his dream like lifelong end-all be-all dream has been to be a voice actor he is uh he can do various different accents various different voices um it's it's been his thing to like this is my my end-all be-all dream i want to be a voice actor and so Having my children immediately, like, early out the gate, be involved with things like Into the Fire and doing these Foley sort of things. Because I'm not sure you mentioned it, but they were also involved with, like, the Foley sort of aspect of Into the Fire. What else did they they do? They did clapping? Clapping, singing, coughing. I'm not even sure what else. I think there was like slamming doors. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I but, used every bit of it in there. If you go back, you'll hear every single last bit because I love that shit. And I love it when people send noises yeah. in. And it's all, they're always in the credits, you know, like the cats. <laughs> yeah. In, in and, RSL, like they're in the fucking credits. It's like, yeah, that was I'm, the cat that meowed. I'm not and, even and sure. And that's fucking great. I'm not even sure he listened to it, but like his kids are already doing voice acting parts. And um, it, it it's kind of a beautiful circle to me that out the gate before his daughter even was old enough to f- fully remember what she was doing, she was doing voice acting. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And and let's let's call this the Stargazer Scholarship Fund. <laughs> okay. So any any time and once once only through fire like it's the the first big version of it gets you know officially published as like a theatrical production. Um, I'm I'm insisting on like the the, the rights and the royalties across the board and everything. Um, and that's like I'm thinking of that as like a college fund. Yeah. Uh, you know, for them and they they should earn royalties off of that. And, never touch it and it, it's just about going like what kind of sto- what kind of bedtime story do you want <laughs> you and know? So we're you creating know, a bunch of new stories for kids at the moment in in the audio book library that we're building we're starting with fucking kids books and like we want original ones and so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush there. We have we had another child involved, right? We had um oh my gosh, I can't remember his name, but I'm sure you can remember. We had another cast member who had a son. 
And she had another child in the middle of all of that, too, right in the middle of, of COVID-19. She was a big part of it, and she had a child. And if my children are going to be subject to any sort of college fund, I would absolutely involve hers as well. I feel really bad that I can't remember her name. I'm going to be completely honest. I cannot remember her name right now. Now, who... Who did, you, pull it up. Who, who did she put who did she play in the story? I don't I don't know because I didn't do the voice acting, I just did the whole remember. Um You didn't even listen to it though. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because I'm awful. What? I never have fucking what? time. I can't even watch TV shows I wanna watch. Um Oh my god. You you haven't heard the pieces with your kids enough? <laughs> I know I haven't. You didn't go to their school play, Mom? Oh, my God. Fail. It was fucking <laughs> amazing. We're going to revisit hey, that. We're going to revisit we're gonna that this year. We're going to be 100% honest here. Um, no, I haven't. Um, I'm trying to find her in Facebook right now, and I cannot find her. Jareen. Jareen, yes. Jareen's oh, okay. children. Oh, Dexter. Yes. And yes, yes, Fox. yes. And Fox, De Fox and Dexter, yeah. So, Doreen, if you're listening, just so you know, I yeah. did not forget your children. <laughs> baby, baby Bluebird and new baby, which probably need new. If they're going to be birds in this one too, <laughs> is she still is she still interactive and helping with Mindwave and things like that? Yeah, she's she's. We talk uh, every so often. Uh, for sure, we did. We definitely are, you know, reminded to catch up with each other. I knew yeah, her she's... name started with a uh, with a J, but I was afraid to say anything at all because I was afraid I would be wrong. Because um, for anyone just joining in, I am completely awful with names, and if it is a totally famous person, and we're talking about a completely famous uh, movie, I am more likely to immediately forget the name of the movie and the name of the actor the moment that i need to use it i'm just the i'm just the worst when it comes to names i will forget it instantly like i may know it weeks in advance and the moment i need to say the words it will escape me so it's not anything against terrain it is just literally the way that i am in fact, it's an I, ongoing I feel, joke. Yeah, I, I felt I felt who you were talking about there because I, I saw the face, and I'm much more of a face person than a name person, and I constantly forget people's names. I'm like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like hang out with you like lots to like remember that shit because it, it usually doesn't stick. So I, there I, is a I um, share, there is a particular show that um, for whatever reason, and maybe this is a uh, ode to the show itself and and how well it was done. But it was the, the remake of Battlestar Galactica, which the only reason I know this is because I literally just Googled it. Caprica. Yeah. So for whatever ah. reason, any time I have ever needed to reference this name up until this point, because I have known that I have uh, forgotten this name every time. So I went ahead and Googled it before we had this conversation. I have never been able to remember Battlestar Galactica. For whatever reason, that name has escaped my mind every single time, and I have just had to find ways to explain it. 
for people who have been close to me, it's an ongoing joke because I have had many different experiences trying to ex- explain the show. And um, if you're trying to explain this show in ways that don't involve the name, it could explain like 50 other fucking shows. Um, uh, <laughs> this is literally before you were like, hey, we need to talk. I was like, yeah, we definitely do. That That's the fucking theme of the episode I just released is like, don't talk about the show. It's like show, not tell. Like, don't talk about the show. Just do the show and make it fucking amazing is the theme of my last episode. And girl, I, I, I will level with you. I need to pee so bad and grab another monster. <laughs> do, do, uh, do you want to take a brief potty break? We're yes. at 124. Yeah, we Let's can. Potty and beverages. I, I came prepared. Thank Let's you for go listening, for and we will see you on the other side. To hear the second half of this amazing conversation, we went on for like three or four hours, <laughs> like New Year's. Uh, and we're just both drunk and in love <laughs> with how amazing this shit is. So, if you would like to hear the second half of this one, we're gonna put that together for Patreon. And you can hear that on Hard Truths Patreon. Or Mind Waves Patreon. It's going both places. I think we both killed the bottle on that one, and it was fucking awesome. So if you enjoy this show, please consider going to studiostargazer.com. Org. Click on podcasts and help support this work. You have no idea how much of a difference you can make to this. And now for Raven's new single.
Brain Goes Numb track is on a diff- that's a different project. I don't know which artist that is. That's another epidemic artist. We'll catch it on the next one. I love you guys. Visit the website. Call the show. Support the show. Isn't this one of the best podcasts in the universe? Yeah.